We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Jaron in shotgun. Looks left. Goes for the end zone and Chase Roberts. And Chase makes the catch. It's a touchdown! This is Cougar Pregame Live. Brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Let's get you ready for BYU football. Here's the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Good evening, BYU football fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America is the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Tonight, the 19th-ranked BYU Cougars face the Utah State Aggies for the 91st time in what could be the final game in this long series for quite a while. My name is Jason Shepard. Thank you so much for joining us for BYU football. We are outside on the west side of Lavelle Edwards Stadium out in Cougar Canyon. The rain has subsided. We had a little... uh, a little spattering of rain that came through about a half hour, 40 minutes ago. But right now, things are clear. Uh, we do have some clouds in the distance. But right now, it's uh, not keeping people away here at Cougar Canyon. Nice crowd still mingling around as they wait to uh, get inside for this one between the Cougars and the Aggies. And joining me now, Riley Nelson, our radio analyst and obviously former BYU quarterback, Uh Look, BYU did what it needed against Wyoming. They improved to 3-1. and one. They now face an underperforming Utah State team before a massive game next week in Vegas against Notre Dame. Despite BYU's overall success, especially in Provo, look, you know this. You've played on both sides of this. You started at Utah State, finished at BYU. You know these are one of those games that BYU, Utah State has their full attention. There's no looking past the Aggies. Hopefully BYU's looking at this, put, putting uh, their last year against Utah, right? It was the last game before you go on a hiatus. And granted, that had a streak coming into it where like the pressure was on. If this is the last time, we cannot lose this last game going into because you give bragging rights for forever. Well, that's the same situation that Utah State's facing out against BYU. So BYU in the rivalry against Utah is was where Utah State is right now, right? Looking at a rivalry ending, you never know when you're going to play them again, and you definitely don't want to head into that scheduling abyss on a loss. And so, yeah, this Utah State's motivated. Look, I'm not going to understate or paint a rosy picture. Like, they are searching. This Utah State team is searching. They caught lightning in a bottle last year, lost a lot of good talent. They're still trying to find their way. You know, Bonner had an ACL, and he came back on short recovery, and he hasn't been able to find his footing, and Coach Anderson and staff are really still searching for answers versus a BYU team that, you know, you mentioned you laid it out what happened last week against Wyoming, but for the most part has looked incredibly solid and every bit the 19th ranking that they have coming into this game. So uh, while, you know, BYU should fully expect to come in and take care of business tonight, the Aggies are backed into a corner and will definitely come out swinging, so BYU should be prepared. All right, before the 3-1 and one Cougars face the 1-3 and three Aggies, let's get to tonight's game headlines. <laughs> Well, as we mentioned, Cougars three and one coming off the win over Utah. Or excuse me, over Wyoming. Now, if hosting, only Jason, yeah. right? If only they would have scheduled us. They didn't want. It, they didn't want the smoke, though. <laughs> they didn't want the smoke. Uh, it is a short week, but here's the good thing about that: both teams are dealing with it. Both teams played. Both teams have a short week to prepare. So you know, and and look, one team's only traveling an hour and forty five minutes, so it's not really a travel day. So really, I don't anticipate 
the short week to really make that big of an impact one way or the other. Injuries, however, we're still waiting on some of those. For BYU, guys like Gabe Summers, Max Tooley, uh, Earl Tuioti Mariner, Kingsley Suamataia, most of those guys are likely back tonight. Everyone certainly hopes Gunnar Romney is back tonight. The coaches have said they expect him to play, but certainly nothing is guaranteed until we hear it officially from Kalani. And then what about the running back depth? Once again, BYU struggled to run the ball until Michael Davis came in. He broke off a 70-yard run. Miles. Or excuse Miles. me, yep, Miles go. Davis, thank you. No problem. What did I say? Michael. Michael. I don't, I'm not sure who that is. Michael Davis, DB, now with the Chargers. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah that's why, Cougar. That's, why, that's why I said that. Uh, Miles Davis came in and looked really, really good. So the question is going to be, is it running back by committee? Does somebody kind of break out today? Those are all questions we're looking to get answers to tonight. In the postgame of last week, I'll start with the running backs and then kind of work backwards. In the postgame last week, I I read this. I said, let's play guess the stats. And I read Chris Brooks's stat line from week one. And then I read Miles's from last week and week four against Wyoming. And they were almost identical. So you, you have these. Obviously, Katoa is a given. Katoa's going to catch screens. He's going to kind of be a change of pace. He's going to catch balls out. He's going to come in and passing situation and run routes out of the backfield. I think his role is defined, but as, as far as that primary ball carrier, that Tyler Algier replacement, you've got uh, Chris Brooks and Miles Davis uh, vying for it. I Look, Miles is the one who, in the in this world of what have you done for me lately, you've got Davis sitting there fresh on everybody's memories, but we shouldn't also throw out the contribution that Brooks made in week one uh, against USF. So if I'm Aaron Roderick, I think I have two guys that uh, are – a, you've got some healthy competition in the room, two guys that have proven that they can be that guy, and uh, you feed them both, and maybe it's a situation where you give them both a few carries going on, and, and then you end up going with a hot hand. As a player, someone who played in a circumstance like that, that can be very tough to manage, uh, but uh, it's a good thing from a play caller standpoint that you don't you aren't relying upon one single player. You've got two guys getting ready to go out and show their best week in, week out. All right, Utah State on the other side of things, one and three. Disappointing season in general, especially because there were really high expectations for this team coming into the year. Everybody was really excited about what this team could do. Um, the only win so far has been against UConn. They've lost this at Alabama, certainly understandable. Uh, the big head scratcher was the loss at home to Weber State. And then last week against UNLV, turnovers have been a major issue. Six turnovers versus the Rebels, five interceptions, one fumble. Uh, Logan Bonner has six touchdowns, eight interceptions. Lots of rumors swirling on the possibility of maybe is Logan Bonner going to play tonight. Right now, we do not know one way or the other, so nothing is official. You know, if, if he can't go, do you, is it Cooper Lega that you see tonight? There's so many things out there right now, uh, but nothing definitive in terms of, uh, of quarterback play. But one, one thing, whoever the quarterback is tonight for Utah State, can't turn the ball over, and that's been an issue. Yeah, they have a tall task at hand. Let me just talk on this Logan Bonner situation because uh, from personal experience, right, as someone uh, ha- having gotten injured and rushed my way back from an injury, right, I suffered my back injury my senior year, and I actually played like two more games. Um, I, I, I was I was playing, I was being productive to a degree, but I wasn't my full self, and I was being put in situations where maybe the team wasn't performing to its optimum level, and you know myself was losing confidence in my ability to play because I was only playing at a, at a certain percentage. And as eventually the coaches made the decision, like, hey, we're going to sit you down, we're going to get you right. You know, inserted Taysom. Taysom came in, got wins against Hawaii, Utah State. I'm of course referring to that 2012 year. Logan Bonner suffers a a, a very ca- you know a catastrophic 
gruesome knee injury late last season. Uh, you know, an ACL used to be a year minimum, and he came back for fall camp in eight months, maybe even a little bit shy of eight months. So I almost wonder if they, they use some of that situation say, hey, sit you down. They got waiting in the wings, one that a lot of Cougar fans, at least those that are here in Utah County, a name that will be familiar with them. They got Cooper Lega, who prepped here at Orem High and has done well in the few shots that he's gotten in Utah State. And, of course, they have Levi Williams, who transferred from BYU's opponent last week, who was a starter at Wyoming before coming to Utah State. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Listen, this Utah State team, to your point, BYU will not beat themselves. And if Utah State has any hope at beating BYU straight up, they can't do anything to beat themselves, which means they got to avoid penalties. They can't turn the ball over. They're on the road, so they got to cut. They got to really elevate their level of base play and clean it up a lot, and then hope for a little bit of magic to be able to steal a rivalry rivalry win on the road. All right, coming up next, Aggies radio analyst Kevin White stops by to preview the battle for the old wagon wheel. This is Cougar pregame live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. Welcome back outside Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We're coming to you live from Cougar Canyon. Stop by and say hi alongside Riley Nelson. My name is Jason Shepard. Getting you ready for number 19, BYU and the Utah State Aggies. We're happy to be joined now by Aggie radio analyst Kevin White joining us out here. And uh, first of all, Kevin, thank you so much for uh, for coming out and uh, and hanging out with us out in the elements today. I mean, the smells out here are terrific. <laughs> I mean, you got fries and burgers and pizza and J-Dogs. I mean, you got it all out here. You guys are got it dialed in here this afternoon. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. You walk up to any of the vendors, you say it's on Riley's tab, and you order whatever you want. Then it's free. It's free. Is that free. how that works? Free to you. Free to you. <laughs> yeah, no. I, uh, in fact, I got I got some collectors. We need to hurry up here because they're coming. My job's right. getting a little bit too well, big. Well, you had some BYU gear here on my seat. I thought I got to take that away. Yeah, <laughs> R- Riley grabbed that before you could even get to it. Listen, if we want to make donations to the local Goodwill, we'll just do it ourselves. We don't need you to do it for us, Kevin. So, Kevin, uh, let's just start here. What has happened at the early part of the season? This is surprising to just about everybody. Really is. I think, uh, you know, when you come into the season, you, you've lost 3,300 yards and 31 touchdowns from your wide receiving core, and you've got a quarterback that's coming off an ACL injury that's not playing with a lot of confidence and playing, you know, his, his eyes are down. Uh, they're looking at the, the stuff that's happening around his feet. You know this, Riley. When, uh, when I played, we were live all the time. Nowadays, they're in red jerseys all the time, and they're not getting any pressure in practice in fall, in spring. They're not getting hit. And now all of a sudden you get in game situations and you got guys around your feet. The eyes are going down instead of looking downfield. And when you can't move as well as you'd like to, then you can't extend plays in the run game or to buy time in the pocket or to break, break the pocket. So a combination of those kind of things, 24, uh, 24% on third down conversions, uh, you know, 12 turnovers, including six Official turnovers, but really it was nine turnovers last week when two fourth down stops, yeah. a punt that uh, the punters grabs the ball, taking a knee at the five-yard line. So really effectively nine turnovers. You can't win games that way. And the confidence factor has just been lacking as a result of all those elements. I mean, if you have Bonner absent the knee injury and with the complement of weapons that he had around him last year, there's no. I don't, I don't think there's a lot of a question whether or not he plays. But given the current circumstances, is Coach Anderson – 
you know, I just mentioned in the earlier segment you were you got down here a little bit early. You heard me mention Cooper Lega. I I didn't get much chance to see how Levi Williams looked in camp, but that's a dude with D1 starts under his belt. Is this one where for both the good of the player in Logan Bonner and the good of the team, you sit him down to try and get some of the fortunes reversed? Really a good question. Uh, we don't know until game time. I, need, I think uh, it's kind of officially been said it's a game time decision. We'll know pretty early. Uh, whether or not he's going to go coming out in warm-ups. We'll all see it, whether or not he'll go or not. But, uh, you know, Cooper, one of the greatest all-time dual-threat quarterbacks in the state of Utah history. Uh, right behind maybe you, Riley. I don't know about that. But, I mean, great career at or- Orm High School. He came in last year at the bowl game. Went First throw was what? A 62-yard yeah, touchdown to Devin Tompkins, who's now on a practice roster with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In the bowl game against Oregon State in Vegas. So, like, it wasn't like it was uh, in some vacuum somewhere. Exactly. Pretty significant circumstance. And then he went 11 of 20 for 171 yards in that game and two touchdowns, and his teammates carried him off the field on his sho- on their shoulders. I mean, it could be an interesting opportunity for Cooper Legato to get some run. Levi Williams, uh, the transfer from Wyoming, maybe mix it up a little bit. Both those guys give you an opportunity to break the pocket, to buy some time with your feet, and maybe extend some plays and even make some plays in the run game. So even if Bonner does go tonight, I think you might see a package or two with one of those guys or both of those guys in the mix. At different points of every game, with the exception of the opener, BYU has had stretches where they had issues running the ball and issues stopping the run. Uh, give everybody an idea of, of what Utah State can do on the ground, so the, their rushing options, and then how they fare as a run defense team. Getting better on defense. Let's start there. They gave up only 103 yards a week ago to, to UNLV, who had been coming averaging over 200 yards a game on the ground. Now, UNLV's competition to that point, Idaho State, North Texas, and Cal, uh, not great, but uh, they did a really nice job against the run, uh, including you know stopping Aiden Robbins, the big 6'3", 230-pound back for UNLV to, to 81 yards in that game. So they're getting better on the defensive side. They, they pride themselves on a lot of slanting, a lot of movement, a lot of tackles for loss. Number, uh, I believe right now seven in the country in terms of tackles for loss, averaging about eight and a half a game. On offense, zone read mm-hmm. is really the, 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 the attack that they like to run. Read that to defensive end, trying to run in between the tackles. Well, to me, tonight and going forward in the season, I think Utah State is going to have to open it up to maybe run it a little bit more to the outside. Uh, they've got Robert Briggs, the freshman out of Texas, that is coming in and starting to make his presence be felt. Uh, Calvin Tyler is the 27th all-time leading rusher in yep. Utah State history. Uh, but they're really primarily between the tackles. So we'd like to see maybe a little bit more diversity either in the QB run game or the outside zone read uh, run game from Utah State. We'll see if that happens here tonight. The evidence for uh, or the justification for that would be on film as, you know, Baylor came in, tried to go with the teeth of this BYU defense, no success. Wyoming tried. They f- Whenever anyone's found success in the run game against BYU, it's been off tackle. So it'll be interesting to see if they make that adjustment. All right, players, to, we've uh, belabored the quarterback position. We talked about Kyvin. Calvin Tyler and the run game. Who are players to watch for the BYU fans out there uh, on this Utah State defense? On the defensive side, you got to look at a couple of guys. Uh, the linebackers are starting to play a lot better. MJ Tafisi, uh, Alta High School, went to Washington, transfers to Utah State. He's leading the team in tackles and tackles for loss and a really solid tackler. Not a great side-to-side, side-to-side guy. guy, but getting upfield, he's a good, good uh, especially a run stopper. A.J. Vongpachan is running mate uh, at the Mike backer. He uh, second on the team in tackles. Very smart, not overly athletic, but makes a lot of the right plays. And then you got in the backfield, you've got uh, Hunter Reynolds. Um, you know the transfer from uh, from Michigan. 
The, he's got two interceptions, uh, third leading tackler on this team, gets everybody in the right spots. He's really kind of the leader out there in the secondary. And then up front, you've got Holly Motuapuaka, who's back. Uh, he did not play against Weber State. They missed him terribly. Came out, really led the effort for Utah State against UNLV in that first quarter. Ended up getting two sacks in that game. He's a big guy up front. That's kind of your first, second, third level guys that, that uh, will, the, you'll want to watch here tonight. So, Kevin, last thing here. Let's talk about the rivalry possibly coming to an end. This is game number 91. Uh, the l- little tease for those that will be sticking through the entire pregame. I actually was able to talk with, with Blake Anderson earlier today. And he talked a lot about right now. It's 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 all about getting winning number ninety one. Um, this has obviously been a really long rivalry. It's been um, a an interesting rivalry. It's kind of, it seems to kind of go in ways. BYU had a long stretch where they dominated this, but Utah State's won two out of the last three here in Provo. What's the feeling like overall? Whether it's Cash Valley, whether it's with the program itself, with the possibility of this being the last game for for quite a while. I'll, I'll speak about it personally, and Riley and I grew up in Logan. Uh, this is a, a bummer to see this series kind of come to to an end here, and I don't know how long it will be. I hope it's not for an extended number of years, but certainly I think everybody understands with BYU moving into the, the Big 12, they understand the situation. Now, would we like to see Utah State instead of Southern Illinois or Wyoming on the schedule? Absolutely yes. Why, why are we not part of that? But I think that part of that is, Utah State's administration is probably going to have to come a little bit more to BYU's way in terms of a, a two-for-one right, yeah. sort of situation for this rivalry to continue. I think it's got to continue at some point, uh, and I hope that it does, and I think that uh, the Valley feels this, the very same way. This is a special night, a special rivalry that uh, we hope can continue in the future. Yeah, I think a lot of people echo those sentiments, including both head coaches. So I know it's uh, – it, it's look, this is, this is college – Athletics is going this direction, and everybody, like you said, everybody understands. We saw it with Utah. When they went into the Pac-12, a lot of those rivalries went away, and now BYU's kind of going through the exact same thing. Uh, but hopefully, you know, down the road, something uh, can be rekindled. And you know what you may see, and we talked about it a little bit earlier today, maybe there's some changes in other conferences yes. that may make the Mount West yes. become a little bit more of a destination spot. Absolutely. Kevin, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. Uh, you and Scotty G have a great call tonight. Thanks, guys. There we go. Kevin White, analyst for the Utah State Aggies. Appreciate him coming down and joining us live here at Cougar Canyon. Up next, it's Cougar Cuts. And how about some more praise for Jaron Hall? And every bit of it is warranted. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Jason Shepard. Hanging out here at Cougar Canyon with Riley Nelson. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, and it's time for Cougar Cuts. And it's kind of crazy to think we're already heading into week five, yet here we are. And through week five, head coach Kalani Sataki said he's still waiting for his team to put it all together. He said he hopes it happens soon. I'm not really worried too much about what Utah State's doing, more worried about what we're doing because I, I can see some things that we could definitely improve on. I, I'm, I'm frustrated. And this is my job as a head coach. I'm frustrated that we haven't played our best yet and we haven't seen it consistently. Um, and then there's no excuse for it. And I think that's going to be the huge emphasis for us, for me, with the team. And we, we don't have a lot of time to figure it out, so we've got to get this going now. But I've said this before to you guys over and over again. We need to make sure that our best shows up. And I honestly don't think it's shown up at all this, this season. That's my fault. 
So what what better moment to do it than now, you know? And so hopefully we can do that for a full 60 minutes. And uh, I, I like it, our program if we can get that done. So Riley, I'm going to put on the blue goggles, and I'm going to I'm going to take this approach. BYU has an opportunity to go four and one after tonight. If you can be four and one after tonight, and maybe not playing your best football, I think I think it's a positive note. Now I understand what coach is saying that there's things that you can still do to get better, and he, he wants to get to that point, especially coming up against a team like Notre Dame and then Arkansas the following week. But if you are at the point where you're still winning games and can still get better, I do like the trajectory that BYU's on. Look, if you don't know by now with Coach Satake, what you see is what you get. In other words, he's not out there throwing out empty words. So when he says he's frustrated, he really is. And to be honest, post game, maybe a little bit of it came through, but just talking with him kind of in the breaks and stuff, 10 plus penalties. Yeah. He's disappointed in, yeah. you know, including a couple unsportsmanlike conducts and things like He was really. Uh, frustrated with the sloppiness of play from BYU in a in a convincing, really not a stressful win last week. So, um, you know, he's going to – I don't think that this was a laid-back, you know, go-through-the-motions short week for the Cougars. I think he got to put them right to work on Monday, and I think they're – I know at least the coaching staff, and I know the leadership and maturity on this team is itching to get out the gate and make up for some of the mistakes made last Saturday. Well, the play of the wide receivers has been talked about, but probably still not as much as it should be. What the entire position group has done without Puka and Gunner is quite remarkable, and one of those guys, Braden Cosper, says he's not surprised. I wouldn't say surprised. I mean, none of us are surprised. We, we've all worked together for a long time over the offseason last year. I think we all know what we're capable of, and I and I know Gunner and Puka, obviously those, those dudes being the main guys, I'm confident they tell you the same thing that, We've all known for a while how deep this group is, and uh, I think that's a great thing to be a part of uh, is a deep group because we're all making each other better week in and week out and learning from each other, taking uh, tips and points from each other. So I don't think any of us are surprised about it. Look, we talk about depth all the time and how you've got to be two or three and sometimes four deep, depending on what happens. You just never know what's going to happen through the course of a season. Boy, BYU has shown its depth at wide receiver. They have been phenomenal. This has been a long time in the making, and it's been. I love how they put it together. It's really a good microcosm of college football. You got the transfer in Puka, you got you know four and five year guys like the the likes of Gunnar Romney, and then rule number one of recruiting is win your state. So you got guys like McRoberts and Cosper and uh, all over the field that uh, were, you know grew up right here in yeah. BYU's backyard. So excited to see what they're uh, gonna put on display tonight. Well, since the South Florida game, the BYU ground game has struggled to find its footing. The Cougars rushed for 83 yards against Baylor, just 63 at Oregon. And thanks to Miles Davis's 70-yard run, BYU managed 188 yards on the ground against Wyoming. And Coach Satake said he's confident in the group and it's going to give them the chance to see who deserves the carries. You know, we're going to work with the, the backs. I mean, all, all those backs will get opportunities, and, and we'll see how it goes this week and then how it goes during the game. But, you know, we have basically a, a running back room that we need all, all those guys to participate and, and uh, utilize their strengths. Right now, there's not a lot of tendency, so we might as well just, um, you know, get get the best on the field for what they do. But all three of those guys, I think Lopini, Chris, and, and Miles could do it all. So I, I have a lot of confidence in all three of them. But um, this is a good, good opportunity to see who, who can step up and make big plays for us. And this is something we talked about in our first segment. You know, this this is it's everybody loves to have guys that you can count on multiple guys, but I think if if you asked everybody, everybody wants to have one guy that you knows the guy and, and BYU's right now still trying to find that. 
Luke Staley, Curtis Brown, Harvey Unga, Jamal Williams, Tyler Algier, right? We've been used to that. You look at the last 20 years, and for the majority of it, you've had that one guy. But I actually played at a time, you know, where it was a little bit running back by committee. In 2011, we had J.J. DeLuigi and Brian Correa yep. in the backfield. And then uh, in 2012, Michael Lisa made an emergence with Yona Pritchard getting some carries and then a, a, an emergence of a true freshman, Jamal Williams, sharing some carries. And we were able to be productive enough on, on the ground, I think, uh, if this year ends up being running back by committee, each guy has proven that they can do it and deliver it. You know, Lopini's a touchdown machine. Chris Brooks had the great game in week one. Miles Davis in week four. And uh, they've got eight more shots, each of them, to uh, come out and ma- make a name for themselves. Well, the constant stud for this BYU team has been quarterback Jaron Hall, and that's been from day one. Braden Cosper talks about the confidence level everybody has in the Cougar signal caller. Jaron has always been such a calm, confident guy on the field. And I think this year it just shows that, you know, in his preparation or he's really confident in where he wants to go with the ball. I mean, rarely do you see, you know, Jaron get panicked in the pocket and make a bad decision. I think, you know, this year it's always he sees the coverage well. He knows exactly where he wants to go with the ball, and we're confident he can make any throw. Riley, I know you and Greg have commented on this a lot during the game, during postgame. Jaron right now is playing just at an elite level. <laughs> Coach said late on a late Saturday night, for those that were still with us, he was like, Jaron gets talked about in too many compliments. You guys talked about him <laughs> enough. I'm going to save mine for, for later when he really needs it. And that's almost how I feel like. Uh, I'll say it again. I've said a lot. I mean, yeah, there's the arm talent, and you see these throws that he makes and the long touchdowns, and he's starting to get some NFL attention. But to me, the guy just has an unflappable demeanor, and his decision-making as a quarterback is his number one greatest asset and attribute. And uh, I don't expect any deviation for tonight. And so anytime Jaron Hall is starting for the Cougars, the other team, you better know defensively, it ain't going to come easy for him, and the win is not going to come easy for him because Jaron Hall, uh, not only does he do all that stuff great and get the offense going, but the team just seems to win whenever he's at the helm. Well, what would Tyler Batty do if he could have the old wagon wheel for an entire day? The answer to that coming up next in Shep Talk. We'll have more Cougar pregame live right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar pregame live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Tyler Batty is one of the anchors of the BYU defensive line. The Payson native has played in three of BYU's four games so far this season and has one of the Cougars' seven sacks. Now, while he did miss the game at Oregon, I asked Tyler how he thinks the team handled its first chance to bounce back from a loss last weekend against the Pokes. Uh, good. Honestly, I, I think uh, I think the guys did good. Of course, allowing less points and scoring more points, you know, is always uh, what we want, right? Um but I, th- I think guys did good. It took a second to get to get clicking and really, you know, get things moving. But uh, but overall, you know, I think guys battled hard and um, yeah, played good. Overall, how do you feel the defense is playing right now? I mean, you you guys have had to adjust to what teams have brought against you in just about every game. So in general, how do you think the defense is playing right now, heading into Game Five? Still trying to find our rhythm. I think a little bit. You know, there's kind of been you know hit and miss here and there. But I think those those hits are, are 
are becoming more frequent. I, I think uh, I think the defense is finding its rhythm and just kind of continuing to build that chemistry. And so um, I think I think we're improving week by week and learning a lot. So you use the word rhythm. Kalani at halftime of the Wyoming game talked about a lack of rhythm. He was talking about it in general, but obviously for for the purposes of you know the interview with you, we're talking on the defensive side. What do you think is keeping you guys from getting into that rhythm? How close do you feel you are to getting to where you want to be rhythm-wise? I think we're close. Honestly, I think I think we're really close. I think it's just a couple of tweaks here and there. I think we're really, really close to um, to having a defense that, that can show up and show up every game consistently and, and hold teams to, you know, whether it's a shutout or a touchdown or two. I think I think we're really, really close to having a phenomenal defense. Opposing teams have had times where they're able to run the ball with some pretty decent success. How much does that have the defense's attention right now? A ton, right? So uh, stopping the run is our first priority. First and foremost is stopping the run. A lot of that lies on the D- the D-line shoulders. A lot of that is, uh, is, is on us to take care of things up front. And that's something that, again, that's, that's, that's a piece to the puzzle um, of our defensive rhythm is, is the D-line stepping up. And, and we just have to be more consistent at kicking the crap out of opposing offensive lines. That's what it comes down to when you're stopping the run. You just, you got to go out there, be violent, be physical, and take it to them. Look, obviously there's there's some things that any team can work on, but you guys overall, since the beginning of the year, the defense has done a really good job of limiting what the other team wants to do. What do you guys right now feel the most confident in on the defensive side of the ball? I think in our capability. I think that is what we are most confident in, in honestly what what we are able to do when we put all the pieces together um like i said we have a really good defense um i I firmly believe that we have really good coaches we have really good coordinators what we're most confident in is our ability to play defense at a really high level um and compete and and hold teams you know well below their averages and and getting them off the field i think that's i think that's something that we that we definitely believe in we're talking with the great Tyler Batty here on Cougar Pregame Live. Okay, so you're a local guy. You face Utah State several times. You know what this is like. I mean, this will be the last scheduled meeting between these two programs for the foreseeable future. What is this in-state rivalry like to play in? Yeah, absolutely. It's fun. Um, just like any rivalry, it's intense. Uh, and both teams are going to be bringing, you know, everything they have to the table. Uh, it's it's a game you, you can't overlook and you don't overlook. You know, you're excited for it. You, it's definitely something that you, I think, look forward to each year. And it's no different this year. We're excited to go and play Utah State and, and take it to them. So the Aggies have struggled this year, but you know they're going to come in pumped to play BYU. You guys deal with that week in and week out. Playing BYU, every team gets ready for you guys. How much does that play into a game like this where you know they're going to come in trying to give you their best? Yeah, again, it just it just comes down to uh, being diligent, staying focused week by week, right? Uh, this game's, you know, you got to treat it just like every other game. Every game this week's just as important as next week and it was just important as last week. Uh, you've got you've to put the, the preparation and the time in um, to be ready. Uh, for us, yeah, there's no, there's no falling asleep. It's, we know we're going to get their best shot and, and, uh, and we're going to prepare accordingly. Speaking of uh, preparing and putting the time in, do you like or dislike the quick turnaround for the game playing on a Thursday? 
mixed feelings, you know, love to, again, love to be back out on the field uh, as soon as possible. Right. Uh, we love playing football and everything's just accelerated. So I wouldn't say it's bad or good. It's just a little different is all. This is the battle for the old wagon wheel. And I know that the wagon wheel is sitting in the football offices in the NHL. When a team wins the Stanley cup, each player gets a day with the Stanley cup. So if you had a day with the wagon wheel, what would you do? Uh, honestly, I'd probably leave it where it is. Cause that sucker's heavy. <laughs> um, and it's big, it's a wagon. That's wheel, big. So I'm, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to tote that around anywhere. You know, Stanley cup may be different that one that I would, you know, or, but, uh, I think the wagon will, I honestly, I'll take a picture of it and leave it right where it is. There we go. It's smart, smart man, smart man. All right. Let's wrap <laughs> things up Tyler with the final four. Your favorite class at BYU is what? Oh, wow. Um, currently or all time. You take it wherever you want. Maybe like favorite gen, honestly, American Heritage. A lot of people complain about it, but uh, it's a, it's a really interesting class. You know, it has to pertain to you know our daily lives and everything we go through, and a little bit of history thrown in there. Um, so we'll go with that. Which is better, the book or the movie? The book, always. Yeah, back to back weeks. First three weeks, it was all movies. The lot you and Cody Epps have now both said back to back weeks. It's the book. Why it's- is it the book? There's just more, there's more info. There's more story there. Let your imagination work a little bit more. Book will always be superior. Unless the book was written after the movie. If it was a movie first and then a book, honestly, the movie's going to be better. But if it's a book first and then a movie, the book's always going to be better. Oh, throwing a curveball into it. I like it. All right. What's the first thing that you would buy if you inherited a million dollars today? Probably a really fast car. Any specific car in general? Big car guy. Probably, you know, new R8, you know. Something like okay. that be fun. Okay. New RS six, something like that. I'm a big, big Audi guy, big car guy. Um, I don't know. Some, something fun. Uh, and um, of course, something for my wife. Um, yes, it's. Um, I'm, I'm glad. You, I'm necklace. glad you figured it out, Tyler. I'm glad you go. said it. That would be the first thing. Yeah, let me rephrase that. Yeah. Massive diamond necklace for sure comes first. All right. Last thing. What will you remember most about the era of independence? That is that is a good question. I think just the thing that stands out to me the most is just the amount of teams BYU's played and the amount of places that went. Honestly, I don't think there's, you know, there's with only a few independent teams in the country. And for us having been in independence for so long, I, I don't think there's another team, you know, that has played as many teams as we have, right. That has have been in as many venues, you know, we've been, we've been all over the country and that's been something that's been awesome to be a part of. It's been really cool. You get to see a lot of different ways, college football happens. Tyler, great stuff. Thank you so much for the insight. Uh, I, I do miss seeing you at the gym occasionally, but uh, but I know you're a little busy right now and that'll have to wait till the off season. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. That was Tyler Batty. I appreciate him taking a few minutes this week. That was this week's Shep Talk. Coming up next. All right. It's a stretch, but I did find a tie-in with BYU's opponent and the game we chose to highlight for one of BYU's best wins of independence. I will explain when we come back. Cougar pregame live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Jason Shepard. Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson with you. We are coming to you live from Cougar Canyon, just outside of LaBelle Edwards Stadium on the west side. Stop by as you're heading into the stadium and say hello. Got the uh, the Built Bar uh, truck van right across. Another handing out some samples of the new Cougar Tail Puff, by the way. Uh, so uh, stop by and say hello. 
Uh, welcome back into Cougar Pregame Live. It is brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. And this week's best win of independence may not necessarily have an obvious tie-in, although Riley guessed it right off the bat, so maybe it's more obvious than I'm leading on. Uh, but an obvious tie-in for tonight's matchup with the Aggies. Up to this point, here's what I've tried to do for all these. I've tried to pick a game to feature that has some sort of connection with the game at hand. This is going to be come. This honestly, this may be the last one where I can actually find a tie-in between the two. We may just have absolutely no tie-ins moving forward, just because the games probably aren't going to allow for that. But I did find a tie-in for tonight as we feature BYU's win at number six Wisconsin back in 2018. Chef, I got one too after yours. Okay, all right. So you guessed this one. Former Aggie head coach Gary Anderson previously coached at Wisconsin. So while he wasn't the coach in Madison in 2018, there is the tie-in to allow us to talk about Wisconsin here. I didn't research this, so I, I need you on it. But here's, oh, shoot. Oh, it ties into this game. Never mind. I was going to say just to tie with Wisconsin. Austin Confensis originally committed out of high school to Wisconsin, then was yes. on the team yes. for BYU that went back and beat him. But there's no Utah State in there. I missed the I thought you both. were going to say. No, let's get in. I thought you it. were going to say the guy that walked by as soon as we started talking about this for no reason. He's got a Wisconsin Manifested hat by the universe. Like, like glitch in the Matrix. Like, no reason for him to be doing it, but he's got a Wisconsin hat on us. We're about to talk about Wisconsin. I digress. The day was September 15th, 2018. Camp Randall Stadium in Madison, Wisconsin was the site. The Badgers, as I mentioned, were number six in the country. And BYU hung tough in the first quarter. The game was tied at seven apiece behind a Squally Canada rushing touchdown. The two teams stayed tied at the break. It was 14-14 at the half. The second half saw Zane Anderson pick up his first INT of the season, setting up another Canada touchdown to put BYU up 21-14. Leading 24-21 with 41 seconds left, Wisconsin had a chance to tie the game with a field goal and missed it wide left. Here is Greg Rubel with the call. Good afternoon, Cougar football fans, and welcome inside one of the most venerable venues in all of college football, Camp Randall Stadium in Madison, Wisconsin, home of the nation's sixth-ranked team, the 2-0 Wisconsin Badgers, one of the sturdiest teams in the game, featuring one of the country's most spectacular players, the great sophomore running back Jonathan Taylor, the early-season favorite for the 2018 Heisman Trophy. Motion, fake fly sweep, handoff, Squally, Squally drives middle, pile pushes to the plane, and it's a touchdown! Touchdown, Squally Canada, and the Cougars draw to within 7-6. Oh, Canada! For the fourth time this season, Squally scores. Tight trips, including a wing-back tight end to the right. A fake fly sweep, it'll be a double throw. The lateral to Hifo, wide open is Moroni Laulu Pututau. Touchdown, Cougars on the trick play, and the Cougars take the lead on the double throw. The lateral to Hifo to the right sideline, and Moroni Laulu Pututau by himself inside the five, catches it, and strolls into the end zone. Touchdown. Wow. Mangum's under center. Squally Canada alone setback. Tight formation on either side. In motion, Hifo. He reverses course. They give Squally. Squally middle and right into the end zone for the touchdown. Lowers his helmet, drives those pads past the plane, and the Cougars take the lead 20-14 to with the PAT pending. This from 45 to take the lead. The snap is low. It's held well. The kick is on its way and makes it through for three. And the Cougars are back in front. Skyler Southam from 45. And it's Cougars 24. Badgers 21. The long snap is placed. The kick is on its way. And it is going left of the uprights. It's no good. It has missed. 
The final seconds are ticking off the clock. Kalani Satake with hugs on the sideline. A sprint to midfield. BYU 24 and Wisconsin 21. This one is done and won at Camp Randall. What a fun game. That's one of those that nobody gave BYU shot going into that. I mean... Everybody thought Wisconsin was going to roll, and BYU goes in to such an imposing... That's actually one of the places I've actually been to. I was in the stadium the last time BYU played there. Unfortunately, it was a loss, but that that place, the, the, the fourth quarter, the jump and everything was unbelievable for BYU to come out of that. Certainly one of the best wins of in, of the Independence era for BYU football. I mean, knocking off a of blue blood in their territory, right? There's uh, been a lot of big wins throughout BYU history, but very few in such a hallowed venue... Uh, that have been done on the road, right? And uh, a lot of anyway. Yeah, that was. Uh, I remember watching that one on TV and Squally Canada squirting through there. I was like, "Oh, get loose, Squally!" and all that. So, uh, <laughs> man, that was uh, that was a fun memory, and it was kind of the the first big one or the first big upset of the Kalani Sitaki era, yep. which was tremendous. Well, we were talking about um, remembering and, and enjoying some of these big wins in BYU independence. Riley, I want to turn a little bit of time over to you uh, for some remembering as well, but maybe maybe not as joyous. Yeah, a little bit of a somber moment for our, uh, here here as part of our show, as a member of Cougar Nation, a former teammate of mine, uh, has uh, lost his spouse unexpectedly at a very young age, Kelly Bills, who uh, many will remember his brother Craig, who started at free safety. Uh, I played with three of the Bills brothers, Kelly, uh, Craig, and Kevin. Kelly's wife passed away unexpectedly early early this week in her early thirty in her sleep and in her early thirties. Absolutely uh, devastating news. Uh, when I got it, it has shook it has shook uh, me and all my teammates and all of us who knew Kelly uh, absolutely absolutely to the core. So I just wanted to uh, over the air and take this opportunity to tell Kelly that we love him, that we loved his wife Emily wish them and their three boys the best as they're dealing with this adversity uh and then just say this um for all those that know the bills please reach out and offer your support and then for all those that don't life is precious reach out uh, to your loved ones hug them tight no day is no tomorrow is promised and then lastly say how grateful i am to be associated affiliated and part of a football program that is associated with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that provides answers and teaches principles as to how we can deal with life's tragedies like this. So thanks for giving me a moment there, Shep. And uh, Kelly, if you're listening, which you're probably not, uh, we love you, and uh, our hearts are with you. Bradley, my man, well said. Couldn't have said it any better. We'll take a break. More Cougar, po- Cougar pregame live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. <laughs> Play action, throws for the end zone, is caught for a touchdown. You are listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. It is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Joining us now is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
Welcome to our broadcast location, Greg. Thank you, Jason. That's very hospitable of you. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. I always get this mental <laughs> image in my head when you come out here because we're always going to ask you some, some sort of player who's in, who's out type question. That's life. I always feel like you should come out here with a briefcase <laughs> that it's like handcuffed to your arm and that the official results inside yeah. are like certified by like Ernst & Young or somebody or some yeah. sort of law firm. Kalani and Satake is what <laughs> yeah. it is. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's go there. There seems to be quite a bit of optimism the BYU could get some players back. What do we know at this point? Can I, can I first of all get on my soapbox for a second? Please. You know, the, the, the collegiate world is moving so much closer to the, to the professional world, right, in terms of you can be compensated for things. Uh, the wagering world, of course, is all over the place. Um, there are a lot of things that feel a lot, you know, the, the, the TV money, all these things. Uh, I'd love if, if the colleges had a uniform injury reporting procedure similar to the professional leagues yeah. it would take it out there's yes. you no know, more mystery no more, no, more, no, more, no more scavenger hunting for details just a personal thing i yes. just it'd be cool if that were kind of a thing where you know again you'd have to have it to be uniform so there wouldn't be any advantages but i'd love to see kind of like a um, reports that come out two or three times a week letting you know what statuses are for people because otherwise you do our yeah a lot of asking around yes and, and uh but to that point, uh, yes, Kalani has uh, given us a few personnel notes uh, for tonight. I guess primarily would be the fact that uh, Gunnar Romney, as predicted and expected, uh, will be playing tonight. Uh, he warmed up, just watched him run routes. So he's ready to go. And it's been a while for Gunnar, and he's been uh, just uh, itching to play, and will get a chance to play tonight. Uh, Puka Nakua, I did not see warming up. Chase Roberts, I did not see warming up. Uh, Kalani pulled, called both of those guys game-time decisions. Um, Mason Wake will be out tonight at tight end. Uh, so Isaac Rex, Ethan Erickson, Lane Lunt, and Houston Haymuli will be occupying those positions for BYU tonight. So Mason's not ready to go tonight. Uh, Kingsley Suamataia, who left last week's game, is back at right tackle, though, and that's a positive thing for BYU. So you'd expect Romney, Cosper, Epps, and Hill to get the, the wide receiver reps tonight uh, as long as the game is competitive. Again, we could be surprised because last week uh, Puka didn't practice leading up to the game and then and then got reps in the game or, of course, left. Right. And I think now uh, on a short week especially you want to see Puka get as well as possible. So um, I'm, I, I'd be surprised if Puka were to play, and I guess I'd be surprised too with Chase Roberts, just based on what I saw moments ago with warm-ups and neither guy being out there. But uh, you never know until we get underway. The running backs and quarterbacks have stayed remarkably healthy all year. Uh, it's the other pot spots on the team that have had uh, the issues. Defensively, uh, not no Malik Moore tonight. That's a starting safety. Malik yeah. was a he was a 13 game guy last year. Like he was a rock solid contributor last year. Consistent. Won't see Malik tonight. So you're going to be seeing guys like Talon Alfrey and Ethan Slade get safety reps. Micah Harper's still there, of course. Uh, Caleb Hayes gets back in, we think, this week. So Hayes and Judy Lally and D'Lo and Jacob Robinson, the man, those corner spots. No Gabe Summers yet back on the D-line, but you get Earl Tuioti Mariner back this week, but then you lose Josh Larson and Blake Mangelson on the D-line this week. So it's a, it really is a, a, a weekly adventure in terms of uh, who's in, who's out. And uh, as I kind of said with Kalani during the pregame interview, which you'll hear in a few moments, if you were to get through September at 4-1, and one, having played the schedule, you did a couple of ranked teams, with as many guys as you've had kind of in and out, I think you'd be pretty pleased with that. Uh, and then kind of resetting for, you know, the, uh, the two-game stretch that will kind of set the, uh, uh, set the tone for the rest of the year with Arkansas and Notre Dame in inverse order, Notre Dame first and Arkansas coming up in the next two weeks to come. But uh, what a grind September has yes. been. Five games. And a lot of personnel issues. Four and one, I think, would be a pretty pleasing result for BYU. You just talked about four and one. Utah State's staring down the barrel of one and four. Yeah, and you just yeah. did the injury report for 
for BYU. Have have the Aggies? What's been the reason for that, Greg? Has it been injuries for them? Are they just searching, still trying to replace the talent that they lost from last year? What well, sense do you get? Yeah, I, I I sense that it's also been an issue, especially for Utah State defensively. Although the defensive uh, defensive, I, I think the Utah State defense has been rather resilient this year, all things considered, because the offense has put the D in so many bad spots with giveaways this year. Yet uh, Utah State's done a nice job minimizing the damage after the offense gives the ball away. But, of course, the big story tonight is Logan Bonner. Yes. Uh, not expected to go for Utah State at quarterback. And that changes, you know, if not everything, a lot of things uh, for Utah State. So former Orem high guy, Cooper Lega is expected to get the start with Levi Williams playing a, a role. Uh, both guys have already played this, uh, thus far this year. But uh, no Bonner would be a significant loss. And just on quarterback alone, if you're saying Jaron Hall versus Cooper Lega and Levi Williams – you know that's that's probably enough to turn the game right there so uh i want to ask you this before we wrap up the segment look everybody realizes the situation byu's in everybody realized that with going into the big 12 there unfortunately there are just going to be some games that are going to go away and utah state is one of them if we all none of us want to see long time series go away but to get into a p5 conference if that's what it takes then that's what it takes what what's your overall thought on this possibly being the last one of these well last one for a while and, and it'll be intermittent from here on out. Um, li- li- like most traditional rivalries have become intermittent when one of those teams, if not both, switch conferences. That's just the way it is because I think the formula for BYU is going to be, and we're kind of seeing it into place, FCS, G5, P5, right? And so the only question is, when does Utah State become that G5? And how many years can they be that G5? It's not always going to be an in-state yep. thing. Uh, we use 2024 as an example uh, where Wyoming's going to be the G5 yeah. in, in 2024. So, yeah, it's, it's just a, it's, it's the way of the world. It's a fact of life. And, you know, not, it won't be the last one ever, but last one for a while. And then when the next come, comes around, it'll be another break after that. That's just the way it is. And BYU already saw that uh, with Utah uh, going into the Pac-12. Uh, we will let you go for two reasons. One, the segment's over. The other, I saw that your wife was calling you on your she, watch phone. She is calling. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so we'll let Greg, great stuff. Thank you so much as always. Riley, we'll let you go as well. We appreciate Thanks, the time, Jeff. both of you guys. <laughs> All right. Thanks to Riley and to Greg. Mitchell Jerkins is going to join me coming up on the other side. But first, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Jason Shepard. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. The BYU Cougars, 19th in the country, getting ready to face the Utah State Aggies for the last time scheduled. We'll see how often they play in the future, but this is the last one scheduled for a while. I'm joined now by our sideline reporter, former BYU receiver receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Look, Every game that you're you're perfect to talk about this. This is this is a tailor-made question for you, Mitchell. Every game it seems like a new receiver is stepping up. And we'll, we'll get to Gunner coming back cuz that's yep. a separate question. How impressive have the receivers as a as a position group been this year to you? Yeah, you know they've been they've been very impressive coming into this season. I think we had this expectation 
looking at the depths, like we, I, I think this is the year that BYU has the depth that it needs to, where if there are injuries, there are enough guys to go around that can come up big and, and make the big play in the big moment. And that's just what these receivers have done. Early on, nobody was expecting Gunner and Puka to be out for an extended period of time. And, and so I don't think that we, you know, BYU fans thought that they'd have to rely on these guys so early. But, man, they've stepped up. Like, I mean, if you go back, um, both Chase Roberts and um, Braden Cosper making those toe-tap touchdown catches <laughs> with seconds left before halftime in separate games. I mean, those are big catches and big moments. Um, Cody Epps has had a couple touchdowns. He's had some big third-down conversions um, where, uh, you know, just, just making impact plays. And then Keanu Hill playing like a grown man, you know, dragon. Uh, He's been great. It, it's, it's been amazing. And, and that play where he drug the defender 20 yards into the end zone. I mean, these are these are receivers who do not look like second string and third string receivers and it's just such a luxury for Jaron and one of the most impressive things for me that I've watched is just the way that they've leveled up and matured to play alongside Jared Hall um, there's there's a lot of chemistry and timing that needs to be right between a quarterback and a receiver and to see these second and third stringers who you know in camp or early on may not get the reps that they're supposed to get with that first group um, timing can be off chemistry can be off and to see them step up and make the impact that they're making it's been nothing short of of you know just extremely impressive and and again what a luxury for Jaron well let's focus now on getting Gunner back we know he's going to go tonight I, I'm sure just like you I mean just like me you're curious as to how much he's going to play yeah. is it just he it's it's a normal game and we're going to use him how we would normally use him if you ease him back in you know, pitch count, all that stuff, I don't know. What what do you expect, or maybe what do you want to see from him tonight? Yeah, as far as a pitch, I mean, I hope there's somewhat of a pitch count. I mean, I think this is a game where the, the most important thing is you've got to get him out there, get him reps, get him some game time looks so that he can be better prepared for the next couple games yeah. that are coming up that are the, the challenging ones, right? And, and not to say that Utah State isn't challenging, um, but if, if they play their cards right, right, this should be a game where BYU comes out on top. Um, and, and so it would be really good to see Gunner just get some game, you know, live experience. Uh, the first game, jitters are real. Players go out there and, and, and to kind of shake the nerves out, put the helmet back on, take a few hits. Um, it, it takes a little bit to get in that groove. And so for Gunner, most specifically, I just want to see him get out there, um, you know, run with the, uh, run with the ones um, and, and get that chemistry and feeling back with Jaron, that connection. Um, the second thing, stay healthy, right? Um, he, he, he needs to, I think, you know, be smart with his body. Not that he hasn't been before, but there may be some moments where, you know, completely sacrificing your body for a big catch. I, I hope he can, you know, I hope he can be, be somewhat smart about this and protect his body. Obviously, you want to make the play, and that's one of the testaments to who Gunner is as a player. He's going to give everything he has um, for this BYU team, but um, hopefully he can do so in a healthy manner tonight. Um, and, and then overall, to see him stretch the field, he can, you know, he's a, he's a downfield deep threat yes. presence and just having that on the field seeing him be able to stretch that whether we see big completions or not um it's going to open up the um, threat of him going deep is exactly enough. and it's going to open up lanes for other receivers and so uh, i think just having him on the field again there's there's a lot to be excited for uh, but overall stay healthy um get him some some good game reps get him 
um, you know, get the, or the contact is back, um, and uh, he can he can be ready to go for uh, the next upcoming weeks. Let's focus on Utah State a little bit. Struggling, obviously, doesn't sound like they're going to have Logan Bonner tonight. Cooper Lega expected to get the start. He's more of a dual threat uh, guy than Logan Bonner is, but he doesn't have the arm probably that Logan Bonner has. So, um, be curious to know how 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 much BYU has, you know, maybe maybe heard. That yeah. this was a possibility and has prepared for this. I'm not. I don't know if they have or not. H- how would you expect BYU to attack this team in Utah State that we know is coming in? I don't want to say lacking confidence, but at least on the field, not seeing the results. Yeah, no, that's a good question. So I'll, I'll start defensively. You, you're talking about you know the question marks around the quarterback position. Um, I want to see a lot of aggression. Um, one of the things, and I even talked about this uh, pregame for Wyoming. We haven't seen many turnovers yeah. on the defensive side for BYU. Um, and uh, Utah State coming in, they've thrown a lot of interceptions. I want to say from Utah State quarterbacks, there's nine interceptions yes. um, so far this season through four games. I, I would love to see BYU you know, be aggressive, um, take some shot. There may be some opportunities that come up in the secondary uh, with the linebackers to jump on some interceptions and, and switch that momentum back to, uh, back to the offense. On the offensive side, um, you know, stick with what's most comfortable. The def- the Utah State defense, they- they've done a pretty good job at mixing it up, giving some different looks. And-, and so what BYU needs to focus on is just do, you know, per- perfect their game. Yeah. Um, play a clean football game. Um, I-, I don't want to see too many negative plays. Um, and so staying on schedule, right, so on first down instead of a-, a neutral play, like get positive yardage to put themselves in manageable third downs. Um, and if they can do that, um, and they should be able to, Utah State's given up over roughly, 200 yards on the ground a game. Um, if BYU can uh, attack, and I expect them to attack the ground game early, um, be in control of that, which is going to open up um, Jaron's ability to throw the ball down the field, um, I think they'd put themselves in a really good position to, to come out strong and, and, and be a force against this Utah State team tonight. I, I've said this a couple of times. I said it with, in the last segment with Greg. Look, I'm of the opinion that if you get a chance to go to the Big 12, you know there are going to be some concessions that you make, and one of them is, is you, you may lose some of these series – you don't want to lose long-time in-state rivalry games, but if it's the cost of business to get into the Big 12, it's the cost of business. What's your thoughts on this thing going away? Yeah, you pl- you've played it, in this. It is, and, and it's a fun rivalry. I, I mean, there's no saying that that this is uh, – it's absolutely going to be a game that BYU misses. I mean, it's it's fun to see these schools come together, the fans. I mean, even even at work, it's fun to – you know, the, the, the John back and forth, the fun – uh, the fun John back and forth with, uh, you know, Aggie fans or Utah State fans or on, you know, Utah fans. But like you said, it's, um, it, 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 it's a, it's the next step that has to happen for BYU to continue to progress where they want to be yes. and where they should be, right? Because, you know, having a presence in the Big 12, if they can be a competitor year after year, this is what BYU football wants to almost reestablish themselves as this big, Big 12 name, and it has to happen. Unfortunately, these rivalries, because they're not in the same conference, it's going to come to an end, but it's best for BYU, and uh, I think most people are supportive of that. Yes, we'll miss it. Um, I guess one one question for you. Yeah. The winner of this game, who knows? I mean, it's it's going to be possession of the wagon wheel. Could be for Could a long be. time, right? Well, hey, it, you know, and, and it's the same with Utah. I yeah. mean, be, now, granted, that one, we know that's back on the schedule in a couple of seasons, but but 
How often did we talk about, look, this is such a big one with Utah coming in last season. You get to sit on it. Whoever wins this gets to sit on a win yeah. for a couple of years. Whoever wins this one tonight gets to sit on it for probably a lot longer. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure both of these schools recognize that. They want the wagon wheel in their house for the you know, foreseeable future, right? And so, I mean, I expect Utah State to come out. They've got nothing to lose, and they're going to bring everything they have, and BYU's got to be ready. Look, here's the thing. If if BYU has the wagon wheel in the in the front office, if you're going to have that for a while, you could turn that into like a decorative piece, <laughs> flip it on its side, put like a glass top on it. That thing's massive. Yeah, you know you could you could turn it into some nice furniture if you're going to have it for a little while. Hey, stake that thing into the ground. It's not going anywhere. It, it, trust look, it's not going to. Everybody <laughs> talks about how heavy that thing is. All right, so we're look. I've got both fingers crossed since this is radio. I have to tell you this. We're hoping that the rain that we saw is it and all the clouds around are just going to be that clouds around us did you pack rain gear do you have rain gear on you are you a boy scout today are you prepared i am i am prepared i'm i'm an eagle through and through um i've got my rain gear and i even wore um the more leathery shoes so they're not going to seep through if my socks you know to my socks so i'm i'm prepared i'm ready to go those are the low top jordan ones they are they are the the royal and white with the black okay it's 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 a nice little get up so uh, but i am prepared hopefully hopefully we don't have to battle the weather but if it does uh, i'll be uh i'll be in good shape i i want to make sure that you clarify what you just said there's no we (laughs) battling it that's you battling that is that is me alone i'm gonna be nice and dry up at the press box yeah yeah so uh not to rub that in or anything it's okay that's fine okay mitchell Love the uh, conversation as always. Um, enjoy this. This I'm excited for this one. I think this is going to have a really good energy tonight, and uh, I'm, I think this is going to be a fun one. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is it's a rivalry game, and these are this is, and a lot of people are, are looking forward to this game on the schedule every year, and and hopefully we see a good match and BYU can do what we've seen BYU do. That's right. Thanks, Mitch. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Jason. All right. On the other side, my chat with Aggie head coach Blake Anderson. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Jason Shepard. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Getting you ready for BYU and Utah State, the 91st meeting between these two teams. And earlier today, I had the opportunity to talk with the head coach of the Aggies, Blake Anderson, and I asked him how his team has handled the adversity of this season. I've been pleased with the response. It's been difficult. You know, you don't coming off a a big season last year with super high expectations. And even though there's a lot of new bodies, I mean, it's impossible not to just, you know, want things to continue. Uh, And so the struggles have been uh, a little bit of a shock, I think, to a lot of guys in the room, but we've challenged them. We've tried to to build them up at the same time. Just watching practice a couple of days ago, my strengths, coach and I were standing there watching and, and, and just kind of had the conversation, man, we had great practice energy. We had really good attitudes in the room and meetings. Some leaders starting to really kind of take accountability and ownership of the team. And they responded as, as good as you possibly could ask them to. I mean, we, we definitely need some positive things to happen in the, in the very near future, hopefully tonight, but, but they've responded very well. Um, and it's allowed us to, I think, to continue to get better, even though it hasn't necessarily shown up in the win-loss column. It is, we are getting better. 
I mean, I know as a coach, you're, you're trying to find things that you are doing well that you can build off of. What are those things right now, do you think? I think the one thing right now that, that just continues to show up is just how hard a guys play. And if they were given in or, or frustrated, I, I'm not sure that would be something that would be as visible as it, as it is right now. We, we played with a tremendous amount of passion and energy last week, and we had to against a really big physical football team. So uh, our defense – matched them you know up front and, and 12 tackles for loss you're not playing bad football if you if you can play behind the line of scrimmage like that so there's a couple things we've got to eliminate turnovers are one of those you know the the critical penalty just out of frustration i think is another but the energy that guys are playing with in all three phases has given us a chance and that's something that in past years when things weren't going great that's something you don't always see I've never talked with a coach who didn't talk about we cannot turn the ball over and we cannot commit penalties. And as you mentioned, you know, right now it's been an issue in both. Why do you think that has been the case? I think our biggest issues right now are guys that have not played before. And the moment is just a little bit big for them at times. Teaching them how to play with this passion and this energy that gets you right up to the line, but don't cross it. That line gets blurred at times. And we, we kind of, fell victim to the circumstances. The frustration of how the Weaver game was going was a problem. Last week, first competitive conference game, very chippy, very emotional, and we struggled to pull back from that line. And, and that's something we got we got to recognize how to play up to the edge without crossing it. Turnovers have been a little bit the same too. I mean, it's it's not just been one guy. It's, it's been across the board. Competitive 50-50 ball, we don't bring down you know, wide out or tight end, not crossing the safety's face and drifting up field, a force throw, a protectional breakdown, you name it. I mean, it's, it's been, you know, balls on the ground, turnovers, self-inflicted wounds to some degree. And it's, it's not just one person that's made a mistake. It's, it's been a, across the board. A lot of these guys just haven't played very much and they're learning lessons, unfortunately, the hard way in the heat of battle. And we, we've got to, we've got to eliminate those. When these two teams played last year in Logan, I know you prepared for a lot of the same guys that you're going to see tonight. However, one you didn't get to see was Jaron Hall. I'm curious your thoughts on the BYU quarterback. Yeah, I, I think he's a phenomenal player. You know, we we did not see him last year. We weren't really sure, to be honest. I remember that week being a maybe. Uh, I know he was dinged up and, and Romney played. And, and I think actually we, we got him, we hit him enough that he didn't play the second half. Hall is, to me, the guy that uh, he can hurt you so many different ways. Uh, he seems to be throwing the ball extremely well. He can cover every area of the field, which a lot of quarterbacks just can't do that. You can't make the far right hash, left hash throw down the field with, you know, really just ease. He, he seems so comfortable. And then he, not that they ask him to run a lot, but when he does drop the ball down and run, he seems to he seems to hurt you, you know, when you, when you cannot have it. Um, I, he reminds me a lot of, of watching Bryce Young at Alabama in terms of just physically how they're built, how they maneuver in the pocket, how they throw the ball. There's a lot of similarities there, and I think they do a phenomenal job of playing to his strengths in the offense. He's definitely got tons of weapons. There's no doubt about that. Any way you look, there's a, there's a great place to put the ball, but. He just seems to put the ball in the right spot. And, and we're going to have to make him uncomfortable. Uh, and that's a huge challenge. And it sounds easier than it way is because they're so big, so long up front, and he's, he's so athletic and, and able to get away from pressure so easily. What type of opportunity is this for your team tonight? <clears throat> I mean, you throw in the fact that it's obviously an in-state rivalry. These two teams have played forever. 
the fact that it may be, it's going away for the foreseeable future. What's on the line tonight for Utah State, do you feel like? Well, it would, it would be awesome to get a win. There's no doubt. I mean, it's the last one to, to win the last game of the series. I mean, maybe it'll come back, but it might not. Who knows? I mean, to win number 91 would be, would be huge. To win as an underdog would be huge. To win on the road against a team of this caliber would be huge. But for us, to keep things in perspective, we just want to go play our best game. We've not done that yet this year. We're growing as a team. ton of guys, 15 freshmen or redshirt freshmen are playing tonight. I think 20, 21 guys playing first-year Division I football. If this team could go play our best game and put us in the mix where this thing is in question in the fourth quarter, then that's all you can ask. In this kind of environment, 65,000, we know it's going to be electric. It's going to be crazy. If you do that, man, we got a chance. And, and to win it would be, would be unbelievable. There's never a better time for us to play our best game. That was Utah State head coach Blake Anderson. I appreciate him taking a few minutes. And again, just to reiterate, that interview was done earlier today. That was before all of the speculation, which has turned into news, that Logan Bonner is not going to play. That's why there were no questions about it, because at that time there was no knowledge that Logan Bonner was likely not going to play tonight. And now it looks like Cooper Lega is going to get the start for the Utah State Aggies. We will take a break. We'll come back and wrap up Cougar pregame live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Jason Shepard. That is a wrap for Cougar Pregame Live. It has been presented by Mountain America Credit Union. On the other side, it is the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Go Cougs. It's time to preview today's matchup with head coach Kalani Sataki. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Zions Bank. For big-time banking with a home team feel, Zions Bank is for you. The Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O' Tires, the team you trust. Let's rejoin Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar football fans, and for the final time in the month of September, we welcome you back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the campus of Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah, as tonight we bring you the last scheduled meeting between two longtime in-state rivals. It's nationally ranked 3-1, BYU home 2, 1-3, Utah State. It's BYU playing for a third straight win over their northern neighbors, and Utah State looking to jumpstart its season after three straight setbacks. My name is Greg Grubel. I'll have your play-by-play call tonight. I'm joined in our broadcast booth by the former BYU quarterback, the slinging, scrambling southpaw, Riley Nelson. And Riley, you were also at one time a Utah State quarterback. So you have a unique perspective on this in-state rivalry, and after tonight, we won't know when BYU will see the Aggies again. I do know that Utah State would like to show well as the series goes on hiatus. BYU meantime feels it has some things to fine-tune after a two-touchdown win over Wyoming last weekend. The Cougs are heavy favorites tonight, but I won't be surprised if the slumping Aggies uh, try to turn out their best game of the season. It will definitely look differently than it has the previous four with the change at quarterback. You said in pregame live that uh, it's official. They are sitting, they're resting Logan Bonner, who started the majority of their games last season in a bowl, um, 
in a game that culminated in 11-2 record and a bowl win, uh, sitting him down after poor performance in the first three and maybe some health issues. He had a knee injury at the end of last season. And they're starting Orem's own, Orem High's own, Cooper Lagasse. So Cooper Lagasse has a little bit different skill set. He's a big athletic kid, good runner. Uh, also, on his very first play of Division One experience, threw a 62-yard touchdown pass in a bowl game against Oregon State. So he is not going to shine away from the bright lights. And I uh, expect to see them have added passion. And the offense, the offense at least, will look a little differently than it has as Cooper Lega brings a spark and a different look and skill set to this Aggie offense. He is Riley Nelson. Coming up, we will hear from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake and see if tonight is finally the night that Gunnar Romney makes his long-awaited season debut at wideout. That and more from Kalani coming up next as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues. For big-time banking with a home team, feel Zions Bank is for you. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues once again. Here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. You are tuned in live to pregame coverage of BYU and Utah State to coming your way from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo as the Cougars tonight play a Thursday night game for only the third time in the Kalani Sitake era. BYU tonight looking for its first Thursday win under Kalani after a home loss to Utah in 2019 and a road loss at Boise State back in 2016. Time now for my pregame conversation with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. It's brought to you by Zions Bank for big-time banking with a home team feel. Zions Bank is for you. And tonight, Kalani talks about the finishing off a challenging September slate with the chance to go 4-1 and one by picking up a win over Utah State. Yeah, I feel really good. I feel um, even with the quick turnaround that, that our guys are uh, set for or something different tonight and to play at a different level. And so uh, I've been really pleased with the, with the preparation and the focus. Uh, we just got to go out there and have fun and, and, and execute our, our assignments, and I think it'll, it should work out well for us. You say different level. What would that look like to you? Yeah, I think there's just a little bit more comfort in, in, in um, you know, with all the different lineups and then different uh, – the change in personnel and who's playing, who's able to go. Um, you know, I, I think that we've established kind of a, com- a connection with whoever's there. I mean, if you look at the receivers, Jaron's just going to play with whoever's there. And it, it actually eliminates a little bit of the forced throws, trying to get the ball to certain guys. And he's, he's focused now on just getting getting the ball to the open person. And then defensively, it's a, it's no name. You know, just guys do their job and execute their assignments. And, and, and uh, when there's an opportunity to make a play, then, then they, they take advantage of it. With the personnel thing, uh, issues you've addressed with injuries, it's been a challenging month that way. If you were to get through September with four wins in five games, a couple of ranked teams with as many ins and outs as you've had, I think you'd be pretty proud of your team. Yeah, and we talked about our depth uh, going into the season. So, uh, you know, we've, it's been tested in a lot of different places. Um, and, 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 you know, we're, we're returning certain guys, and, and, and so the depth is always going to get better. For the, for the most part, I've, I've been really pleased with the guys that have stepped in and, and made plays um, and, and really have taken advantage of their opportunities their their reps and so uh, it's actually allowed our depth to be better so um, going into this game I feel good about the, the talent that we have returning the guys that are remaining on, on the on the field and, and uh, we'll see if we can put it all together. Is tonight the night that uh, Gunnar Romney makes his season debut? Yeah we believe Gunnar will be gone and uh, I'm so excited to see him he, I know he's excited and, and um, you know we're excited to see him on the field where he belongs uh, and, and, and had that, that freak accident and injury and so uh, the focus though from him and the, and the desire it's 
been it's been burning. So he's, you know, we just got to keep him uh, kind of keep him calm a little bit until he gets to the, to the to the opening kick. But I think he'll be ready to go. Are his reps limited at all, or is he considered full go for? No, him? we we feel like he's ready to go, and and he's actually worked the last couple of weeks to get in really good shape. But uh, we also have a, a good number of receivers that can can go in the in the rotation so i don't think we're we're expecting him to play the entire game but uh we have a really good rotation with the guys that have stepped up and, and made some big plays at the receiver position keanu hill Braden cosper cody epps all guys who have scored already uh, how about uh, puka and chase roberts how do you look at their situation for tonight yeah looking at the game time decision um they're out there working out and, and seeing if they can get uh, go through the protocol and the policies that we have in place uh not sure i i you know, so I guess we'll have to go out there and see. But but I, I wasn't sure if if uh, was going to play last week either. So yeah. I think right now we'll just see how how it goes. And looking at the surface and looking at their the people that we have involved, the trainers and doctors, uh, we'll make the right decision for them. Maybe no Mason Wake tonight. Yeah, Mason got a little banged up. I think he's going to be missing this week, and we expect him to be back afterwards. Kingsley left the game last week, but he should be good to go tonight. Yeah, Kingsley will be fine. He he could have returned in the game, but I think he'll he'll be fine. It's just. Just a little, little sore. He'll be, he'll be okay though. You get help on the D line back with Earl Tuayoti Mariner being a return, right? Yeah, and just the experience that he has in these type of games, and just overall, it's good to have his leadership back on the field. And, and uh, he's, he's looked pretty impressive in, during the week. Malik left the game last week. Maybe no Malik Moore uh, defensively. Yeah, tonight. possibly without Malik, but uh, we feel really good about the other safeties that are able to step in and make plays. And Talon Alfrey and yeah. Ethan Slade and, and um, uh, a number of guys in that position. We feel you know Hayden. And a lot of those guys can play free and strong. And so uh, we feel good with the, with the guys that are going to replace him. Okay. Word is that uh, Utah State goes without uh, Logan Bonner at quarterback. How does that change what you expect to see from Utah State? Yeah, I, I think they're going to still do their thing, you know, with, with Cooper Lagan and, and um, you know, looking at the Levi Williams. Those guys are capable. Um, they're good coaches and they're in the. They have a scheme that works really well for them, so I don't see them going too far from that. But if they do, then we have to be ready for it and make adjustments accordingly. Does one and three surprise you about Utah State right now? Yeah, a little bit. But, I, I mean, when you're watching the film, they, they've gone against some really good teams. I mean, I, I think uh, I don't think a lot of people know much about Weber State other than we know Weber State because I know their head coach, a good friend of mine. But uh, they're a perennial power in the FCS. And then you look at other FCS teams that have that have upset, um, you know, FBS-level teams. It's, that, that's not an uncommon thing. But um, and then they played, you know, Alabama. So the, 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 you look at the, the, the games. I see the effort. I see the athleticism and the talent. Um, I'm not really concerned about them and, and their record. I'm more concerned about us and making sure that we play at our, our, our best, and that's what I'm looking forward to tonight. You've turned it over one time in four games. That'll win you a lot of games. Utah State turned it over 12 times in four games, but their defense has allowed only 16 points off those 12 turnovers, meaning if something bad happens, they've shown the ability to respond and, and kind of mitigate the damage. That's impressive. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, our, our focus is to take care of the football and to be disruptive on defense and find ways to get the ball back to our, our high-scoring offense. Um, we're going to have that same emphasis. I, I don't know what it's going to look like, but it's been pretty good for us so far in the year. Um, ball security and, and wise decisions by the quarterback is important to us. So uh, hopefully it works out in our favor again tonight. Um, but that's a huge emphasis for us going into every game, especially this one tonight. Only your third Thursday night game. Uh, have a good one, and we'll talk to you post-game. Yeah, let's have some fun. Here we go. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, and this has been the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. The Nutricost Cougar kickoff show coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
kickoff is just around the corner. You're listening to the NutraCost Cougar Kickoff Show. NutraCost, the official supplement provider of BYU Athletics. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. Also by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello and good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Lovell Edwards Stadium as we bring you the battle for the old wagon wheel, a trophy currently held by BYU after back-to-back wins over Utah State. It's the 91st all-time meeting between BYU and USU and for the time being the last scheduled meeting between these two in-state rivals, BYU joining the Big 12 next season necessitating numerous schedule modifications and four scheduled BYU-USU games 2023 through 2026. They were all casualties of conference realignment. This is the NutraCost Cougar Kickoff Show presented by NutraCost, the official supplement provider of BYU Athletics. Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson with you in the broadcast booth. Former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens joining us in the Zions Bank end zone. For big-time banking with a home team feel, Zions Bank is for you. Our Cougar Canyon and scoreboard host, Jason Shepard. Our booth engineers, Michael Wimmer and Clark Jackman. Our studio and Cougar Canyon engineer, Barry Squires. Spotter, McKay Perry. Statistician, Ralph Sokolowski. Coordinating producer is Terry South. Control board operator, Logan Gardner, along with help from Sean O'Neill. Broadcast interns, Amy Harris here at the stadium, and Shiloh Johnson at BYU Radio. Good to have you with us on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Well, this is not a typical BYU-Utah State meeting because this is not, to this point, a recently typical Utah State team. The Aggies are 1-3 on the season after an opening win over UConn. USU blanked by Bama. Uh, no shame in that, but then came a 28-point loss to an FCS team. Yes, it was a very good FCS team in Weber State, but losing by four touchdowns to FCS is an eye-opener. Then in the bounce-back game, the Aggies lose at home to UNLV last week, a game with six Utah State turnovers on the season. The Ags have 12 giveaways. BYU has only one. Now, BYU is a 25-point favorite in this game, and whether or not BYU matches or surpasses that margin, a blowout would not come as a surprise because each of the last eight BYU-USU meetings have been decided by at least two touchdowns. If there's to be a runaway winner tonight, we'd expect it to be BYU. But Riley, in last week's loss to UNLV, the Ags outgained the Rebels by more than 100 yards. Penalties and giveaways ruined the Ags' chance at victory. If they can play a little more cleanly, they could try to make a game of this. BYU, meantime, is shorthanded on both sides of the ball. I'm genuinely curious to see, especially with a backup quarterback now for the Ags, what kind of game they give BYU. Yeah, talking about the other side of the ball, the Utah State defense has actually done a great job creating havoc for their opponents. You know, they're top 10 in the country in tackles for loss. They're creating a lot of turnovers of their own accord. The problem is whenever the defense gains ground, the the offense gives it right back and more. I think the change at quarterback that you announced earlier could have something to do with that. I mean, listen, if you're Cooper Legault and you're coming into this game preparing for your first start uh, in college, number one, and look, you don't want to play timid, but like just don't give the ball away. You don't give the ball away. Our defense is playing good. You know, you work some first game magic. They don't have tape on you. They don't quite know what to expect. You can catch them off by surprise. You can keep this game closer than that 25-point line that you mentioned earlier. All this said, in the trenches, even as thin as they are, BYU is better man for man. Jaron Hall is 
I mean, you got that dude. So yeah. that accounts for at least a couple of touchdowns. And uh, and BYU has proven to themselves this season with big wins against Baylor, taking care of business after being down early against Wyoming. They've pro- they know that they're a good football team where Utah State is trying to see if they can even be a decent football team heading into, into this game. I, like you, am curious. But if I had to bet, I would say that Cougars handle business uh, in a big way tonight. All right, more of the Nutricost Cougar kickoff show straight ahead. But before the break, a reminder to go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. The Nutricost Cougar Kickoff Show continues after this live from the Bell Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Built Bar Broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU hosting Utah State here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Tonight's game, the latest chance and one of the best chances for the nation to see BYU quarterback Jaron Hall do his thing. This is an ESPN coast-to-coast telecast. Uh, so for a lot of people, first opportunity to watch one of the best signal callers in college football. His four games played this season have displayed remarkable consistency, productivity, and ball security. He's completed between 23 and 29 passes each game, has a 70% or better completion rate in three of four games, averaging just under 300 yards passing per game, has nine TD passes to only one INT. He has shown touch on balls in every part of the field. His deep ball looks amazing right now. Riley, when Wyoming head coach Craig Bull says Jaron is the best quarterback he's seen this year, and when USU head coach Blake Anderson says Hall is the complete package, these are not empty platitudes. Jaron Hall is that good. What a pleasure it is for BYU fans to be able to watch this young man week in and week out. And uh, one thing I do want to point out, as hard as he is working, as great as he looks, uh, and he would be the first, you know, to give great. His offensive line's doing their jobs. He's got playmakers on the edge. He seems to be in real sync with Aaron Roderick, who's the only quarterback coach and, of course, coordinator for the last two years uh, that he's known. I can't tell you how much that helps a quarterback's confidence uh, with to be in sync with the play caller like he is. But listen, there's there's probably a couple dozen quarterbacks who have all those things going for them across the country, but he is the only one that's playing at this high of a level. So credit to him to take all those pieces, get him going in the right direction, and truly orchestrate this offense week in and week out uh, like a masterful symphony. Well, time now for tonight's Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature. At Hyatt Place Provo, your safety and comfort will always be our highest priority. And the way BYU is taking care of the ball is very comforting. The Cougars have only one giveaway through four games, and it came in the season opener. So three straight games of clean football. And in the Kalani Sitake era, BYU 24-2 with zero giveaways, including an 11-0 mark at home when simply ending up even or positive in the turnover margin. Sitake era, BYU's 45-13, including a 25-2 record in home games. Turning it over or not turning it over in this case is that important to BYU's success. We're back with more of the Nutracost Cougar Kickoff Show live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now, back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
Highlights of BYU and Utah State straight ahead as the Cougars conclude a little two-game homestand. Short week this week before the Notre Dame game in Vegas a week from Saturday. Fighting Irish on a bye this weekend, by the way. Notre Dame will head to Vegas at 2-2. Two and two. BYU hopes to be 4-1 and one heading in. To do that will mean taking care of Utah State tonight. And again, BYU operating at something less than full strength. Gunnar Romney returns. Puka Nakua and Chase Roberts out on the wide receiver uh, side of things. On defense, safety Malik Moore is out. So too Gabe, uh, lineman Gabe Summers. Josh Larson, Blake Mangelson, Earl Tuyoti Mariner returns, as does Caleb Hayes and Max Tooley at secondary and linebacker, respectively. So it is a, a personnel uh, a, you know, turnstile of sorts. Uh, earlier we talked about how well BYU's taking care of the football. Uh, one giveaway in four games, that's amazing. BYU's one of only four FBS teams with zero fumbles lost and one or zero interceptions thrown. On the flip side, the BYU defense has only two takeaways in four games. Both were picks. One was a pick six. The other turned into a touchdown. So that's 14 points for BYU on two takeaways. That's a perfect score in points off of turnovers. Utah State, meantime, they turn it over a ton. But here's the thing. Where BYU has 14 points off of two takeaways, Utah State's opponents have only 16 points off of 12 takeaways. So the USU defense has been bailing out the offense. Uh, Riley, it shows that USU, despite some struggles, is still a very resilient team. Something to note coming into tonight's game. They are, and they're also very good at creating chaos for the other team. It's a good thing you're not superstitious, Greg, because how good those turnover numbers look for BYU. Sometimes voodoo can just enter a football game, and the ball seems to be possessed and end up in the other team's hands a lot of the times. Although with this crew, this BYU offensive crew, they've seen to uh, exercise whatever turnover demons, uh, at least at some point, may have existed here uh, in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The the numbers I just shared, though, they're they're not the outliers. Like uh, BYU. BYU under Aaron Roderick has played more turnover-free games than games with turnovers. Yeah, which is absolutely unbelievable. It speaks to the coaching, speaks yeah. to the culture that he's built, and then obviously the players got to go out there and do it. So, yeah, this – I think it's only – if this were week like eight or nine, I think you could say this Utah State team – Maybe doesn't have, they? They've lost the juice and they're kind of chalking it up and trying to get get back for next season. But they are still in week four or game five preparing to head into their conference slate and looking to gain any kind of momentum after three losses, as you've already said, gain any kind of momentum to still make something of their season by performing well in the Mountain West Conference. So uh, don't expect them to lay down tonight and don't expect this defense to give Jaron Hall and company some trouble. And, uh, you know, I, I, I get uh, nervous when I look at the history that BYU's had in Utah State games of quarterbacks who either don't start the game or don't finish the game. It's been a weird series that way for BYU at the quarterback position. Either losing losing guys in-game or losing guys the game before, or either way, not having the quarterback consistency they've liked to have over the years against this particular team. It's a strange thing. As we head to break, time now for tonight's Player to Watch, brought to you by VidAngel. Skip offensive content in movies and shows when you watch with VidAngel. Learn more at vidangel.com. And Riley, who's your player to watch in tonight's game against Utah State? The long-awaited season debut of Gunnar Romney. His freak incident happened to him early on in fall camp. He's all the way back now, and he is, I bet he is just raring to burst out of the gates and I can't wait to see what he does all right let's pause now for our national anthem here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium
Coming up, we head down to field level and hear from Mitchell Jurgens as the Nutra Cost Cougar kickoff show continues after this live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and Utah State tonight meeting for the 91st time all time. BYU leads the series 50, 37, and 3 here in Provo. The record 28, 18, and 1 in BYU's favor. Of the last 10 meetings, BYU's won 7. Of the last 20 get-togethers, BYU's won 16. Let's head down now to field level and former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone for big time banking with a home team. Feel Zions Bank is for you. And uh, Mitch, uh, a BYU win tonight it would mean four wins in five games and a top 20 ranking going into its games with Notre Dame next week and then Arkansas the week after. Um, certainly wins in both those games and BYU's back in a pretty amazing postseason conversation. But confidence in those games kind of rides on looking good against Utah State tonight, I think. What do you hope to see from BYU against the Ags? Yeah, number one, Greg, uh, I want to see a clean football game. Uh, when BYU started the season, they actually played a pretty clean game against USF, but since then, it's been downhill as far as penalties go. Um, last week against Wyoming, they had their worst game um, with 11 penalties for 109 yards, and those penalties put points on the board for Wyoming and kept points off the board for BYU, so they've got to clean that up today to prep for the upcoming weeks. Um, the second thing, and you talked about it earlier in the segment with Riley, but the defense needs to force turnovers on, uh, on defense. Um, there's only, BYU's only had two turnovers in four games. And on the other side, Utah State quarterbacks have thrown nine interceptions in four games. So if there's a game to do it to get the defense in that aggressive mindset, take advantage of making and forcing turnovers. Tonight's the night. That's what I'll be watching for today, Greg. Thank you, Mitchell. Coming up, it's Riley's forward keys to the game. Starting lineups and the opening kick. This has been the Nutra-Cost Cougar kickoff show live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.